Back to our TV theme bracket in just a moment here on It Takes Two. Amy Eiler, J.J. Gordon is away. Mike Obach is sitting in his spot. And on the phone lines, we have Chris Van Cleve from CBS Radio News. Chris, welcome to KFGO Radio. Thank you. Good to be with you. We want to talk about Boeing and this incident with Alaska Airlines. But in case someone hasn't heard it, I was absolutely floored by the audio of the Alaska Airlines pilot during the emergency landing. Um, And I don't know if you guys have heard this, but this woman who is piloting this plane stayed cool, calm, and collected the entire time. I was floored by this audio. I want to play just a little bit of it, and then, Chris, let's let's get into the details of it. Yeah, we do have information zero. We'd like to get lower if possible. Just kind of maintain 7,000, Alaska 1282. Yes, we are emergency. We are depressurized. We do need to return back to. We have 177 passengers. Yeah. Just throughout this entire thing, just. Our fuel is 18,900 pounds, and we have 170, 177 passengers on board. She's just trying to get out all the information that she needs to get out. This goes on for about two minutes or so, but I was just. I. Imagining what's going on in her mind. Imagining what's going on in her mind, what's happening in the cabin of that airplane at the time. And she manages to get them all to safety. There, no one is hurt. No, There's no tragedies that come out of this. But what, what does come out of this is just even more questions about these aircrafts um, that were grounded for, I'm not sure how long when they first... And, and Mike, you, you said it, it was like there were two different flights where there were like 300 and some passengers lost when these first... Yeah, so they grounded March 19 to December 2020. I've flown on them since December 2020. I know because when you see that card, you never pay attention to what plane you're getting on half yeah. the time. And then you see the card that says 737 Max, and you're kind of just do a little like, hmm, yeah. okay, here we go. A little well, nervous, yeah. a little nervous. Uh, Chris Van Cleve joins us from CBS. Chris, welcome to KFGO Radio. Good to be with you guys. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you've listened to that audio. I was so struck by how well this pilot did in an absolute, just a moment of, I, I can't even imagine what that feels like. Our understanding was it was a, an incredibly chaotic situation <laughs> when the plane depressurized uh, and the, the cockpit door opens, which is we learned by design uh, so that it doesn't, uh, you know, get, get, damaged and so the pilots couldn't get out of the plane but uh it sucked the 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 headset that was sitting on her head right off of her head for a time the pilots were having trouble hearing each other because uh their headsets weren't working properly after uh the depressurization it was incredibly loud um but they fall back on their training they have trained for a depressurization situation uh you have two pilots so you have one who is running emergency checklists and handling the radio uh, the other who is focusing on flying the airplane, their priority, you heard her say, we want to get lower. Their priority was to get, get the plane from the 16,000-foot mark to below 10,000 feet. And the lower you go, the more oxygen there is in the air, uh, the easier it is for everyone to breathe uh, without those oxygen masks. Uh, and and the, the more pressure balanced the airplane becomes. So 
Their goal was to get low as quickly as they could. Uh, they turned around uh, and, and you know, made a beeline back to the Portland airport. So at this point, when this happens, how long from this this happening, this, you know, um, like this blowout of this door to them landing, how many minutes between that does it take? It was about 10 to 12 minutes in this case. I mean, it would depend, you know, certainly depends how far you are from the airport right. uh, when this incident happens. Uh, they, they had taken off, um, you know, about 10 minutes before. So they weren't very far from the airport. They were still on their climb out of Portland. Uh, when this happened, when the, when this uh, door panel blew out. So uh, they were fortunate that they weren't terribly high and that they weren't terribly far from the airport. The plane was entirely flyable. The NTSB has said that structurally, with the exception of that door panel that flew off, there was no other damage to the airplane. So they, what, what's different here than, say, if you think back to that Southwest Airlines accident where an engine blew out and it popped out a window and a passenger was killed at, at 30,000 feet, uh, those pilots had to fly a plane that was also damaged. Uh, here, these pilots had a completely working airplane, which, you know, while a very challenging situation, uh, at least they they weren't dealing with anything else besides the loss of cabin pressure. They had both engines that were working. The plane was uh, w- w- was not damaged otherwise, so they were able to come in and make a an emergency landing, but a safe landing. And it was about twenty minutes from. The door until they got to the ground was that right? It's about ten minutes. Ten minutes. It was about, okay. it was about ten, minutes. ten minutes. Okay, gotcha. And now, what Which is? I'm sure felt like an eternity. I know. Oh I mean, just the, the passengers, <laughs> the passengers we talked to said seconds felt like hours. Those six so seconds would be the yeah. longest. Yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine being one of the people on the that plane and just like your worst nightmare coming true when you're on a flight like that. What has Boeing said now about these 737s? I mean, they came out with a rough start. Um, like like Mike said, you see that as you're getting on a plane and you kind of wince a little bit. Like we're all, we've all been nervous about these the whole time, really. Now what does Boeing do with these planes? I know they're grounded for now, but for how long? Well, I think it's important to point out that uh, the 737 MAX 9 is grounded. The 737 MAX 8, which is another version of that airplane, is still flying. Southwest Airlines, American, United, all fly them. Those planes are still in the air. Um, the issues that led to the grounding of the MAX after the two accidents, the two crashes in 2018 and 2019, um, that was a, a design issue uh, in basically the software of the aircraft. Um, the aviation community, the FAA, regulators around the world feel pretty confident uh, that the issue has been fixed. What Boeing has said about this problem Uh, We've heard their CEO come out pretty candidly and say that we have to own this mistake. The mistake is that a door plug, as they call it, uh, should never fly off the airplane. So clearly, uh, and this this airplane, it's worth noting, uh, was built in October of last year, delivered to Alaska October October 30th-ish, received its airworthiness certificate uh, officially in November. It had been in the air for a matter of weeks. This was a brand new airplane. That should never happen on a brand new airplane, period. That's what Boeing's saying. Now they have to, uh, now they are trying to figure out where the breakdowns are in their uh, manufacturing, in their quality control, uh, and also looking at their man- at, at their, their suppliers. That the fuselage of that airplane is made by a company in Wichita, Kansas. Um, 
And so it, it arrives with that piece in place. Uh, so there, there are questions about quality control, um, and that has dogged Boeing for the last couple of years, frankly. Um, so right now what Boeing is saying is they need to understand where their breakdowns were, and then they've got to fix them. The airlines are waiting for guidance from the FAA and Boeing as to what the inspection they need to do to ensure that everything is okay on these planes so that they can go back into service. So have they said anything about, and I haven't followed this near close enough, but they say anything about like redundancies, like every part of the airplane, you know, hydraulic lines run in different places. So, you know, one accident here can't sever other lines there. There's all these redundancies in place to keep the intact and in flight. What were the redundancies for the door that just did not work other than this plug? Or was the plug the redundancy that didn't get the job done? Well, I think that's part of the investigation. Um, you know, you you look at the pressurization system on the airplane, for example, has triple redundancy. There are three different systems to keep that plane pressurized. Um, there is a assembly uh, uh, that, that keeps that, that plug in place. And a door plug is basically... Um, if you had, if you were an airline that wanted to put cram more than 200 people on board that 737, you have to have two additional exit doors. That's where those exit doors would be. But if you're flying with 170 people, you don't need those exit doors, so they're basically plugged up. Okay. Um, so there's a there's an assembly that they basically slide into place and then they're bolted in, and that forms a seal. Um, and that, that's not new to the 737 MAX. It should be very clear that this has been part of the design of the 737 for nearly 20 years. It's a carryover from the previous generation. Uh, and there are 500-plus of those flying around uh, and have been for years. There's never been a, a situation that anyone can point to where this has happened before. So um, the NTSB is trying to figure out um, there are four bolts that are part of that process that holds the plane on, the NTSB has not been able to account for those bolts. Uh, and they have said, they told us in a briefing a couple of days ago, they can't even for sure say right now if the bolts were ever there. So they're going to have to use forensics to determine if, the, if there were bolts screwed in. And if there were, well, then what happened to them? Did they break? And if so, why did they break? Uh, and did they just get sucked out of the plane when the door went away? Or... Did somehow in this manufacturing process between the supplier and Boeing, did, did it get missed that there were that those screws weren't in place? Um, and that that is a, a big central question. Um, and then you have this issue that the airlines have discovered on at least some. Uh, it's been described to me as a handful uh, of times where they they have found screws, uh, those bolts on on in a similar place on the, that door plug um, that were loose. We don't know how loose, like what 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 is what does loose mean? I mean, it, you know, it was it like about to fall off loose? Was it you know you needed a, a slight correction? We don't know the the context there, but they shouldn't be loose, particularly on newish airplanes. Yeah, no doubt. And that if is... they break, you think it would be still something threaded or the nut part or you know what I'm saying like you don't just yeah they don't just go away. Right. Right. So they need does to, that right. goes out with the door, but then four of them at the same right. time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that that is then they're just going to they're taking the shipping the door back to Washington. The NTSB is a very advanced lab. They'll do the forensics and they'll get they'll get an answer if there were bolts there or if there weren't bolts there. If there weren't bolts there, um, we, we very quickly get to a, a better understanding of why that 
why that plug failed. And, and then the question becomes how did, you know, following back the manufacturing process of that particular airplane to determine, you know, where the ball was dropped and why it wasn't caught. Chris Van Cleve, CBS News Radio, thank you so much for joining us and giving us more information about this. I, I know that it's definitely capturing a lot of people's attention this week. Chris, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure.